Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Hey listeners, I just wanted to quickly mention my favorite hydration supplement element. Hydration is a crucial part of life, and it isn't just about drinking water. Being optimally hydrated is actually about optimizing your body's fluid ratios. This fluid balance depends on many factors, including the intake and excretion of electrolytes. Electrolytes are charged minerals that conduct electricity to power your nervous system. They also regulate hydration status by balancing fluids inside and outside your cells. Current science points to consuming four to six grams of sodium, three to 0.5 to five grams of potassium, and 400 to 600 milligrams of magnesium per day from diet and supplements for optimal health outcomes. It can be hard to consume these ranges from whole food diets, especially sodium. Element was formulated with a science-backed electrolyte ratio 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. Just as important as what is put in element is what is left out. Dodgy ingredients and public health enemy number one, sugar. I've been consuming the product for about a year and absolutely love it. And if you want to get started today, you should go to drinkelement.com slash subscribing to wellness for a special introductory deal on your first order. That's drinkelement, L-M-N-T, dot com slash subscribing to wellness. You won't regret it. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by Josh Mehta, co-founder of Pop and Bottle. Pop and Bottle is redefining your daily latte ritual to be more purposeful, nourishing, and gratifying. A moment of indulgence, an act of self-care. We talked to Josh about starting a bottled latte company that was initially geared towards the female consumer and yet now is loved by everyone. We also discuss how the company has scaled, new product innovation, and much more. So I know there are a million protein powders on the market these days, but when I tell you that this protein powder is my absolute favorite, I mean it. Sprout Living makes plant-based protein powders that help support my active lifestyle. Sprout Living only uses real, powerful superfood adaptogens and nootropics. Their blends are not only tasty, but also functional. No gums or thickeners like most protein powders use. No natural flavorings, just the whole real deal ingredients. My personal favorite is the vanilla leucoma. Head over to go.sproutliving.com backslash subscribing to wellness and use code SUB2PROTEIN for 20% off your order. Josh, welcome to the show. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Um, we're so pumped to be chatting with you. Daniel and I are both big, big fans of Pop and Bottle. It's our go-to whenever we're at Whole Foods. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about like where you initially came up the idea of a of a bottled latte? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, it's a very scrappy, organic story. Um, so... Uh, we started the company, my, my co-founder and I started the company about seven years ago, and um, we started it completely as a passion project. Uh, no experience in the food and beverage industry, either of us. Um, I have a business background. She has a design background. Um, and this was pure um, passion. Um, just to give you qu- kind of a quick backstory. Um, so I moved from the UK to California about 10 years ago, and um, at the time I moved, um, and I moved to San Francisco of all places, kind of center of the tech scene. Um, and 
moving from London to San Francisco um, at that time, um, there were kind of two things that I jumped into. Yes, there was this amazing tech scene and this amazing tech world, but the thing that actually drew me in was the food scene. Um, and compared to London, which, um, you know, it's it's such a great food scene in London, but it's, it's really distinctly different to California. You know, here um, it was all farm to table eating. The plant-based movement was taking off. Um, I was shopping at local grocery, uh, uh, local farmer's markets and uh, the grocery stores were super localized picking from California farms. And that was just so different to what I experienced in this big city in London. Um, and that just is a, that was just a world that I kind of got sucked into. Um, my co-founder moved for kind of completely different reasons. She was a great friend of mine. She moved to San Francisco, you know, with, within six months of my move. Um, so here we were in this new city, but together, and I had a friend and I kind of left my past career behind and so had she. Um, and we kind of dived into this like amazing food world together. Um, we would eat at these cool plant-based restaurants and we would go to these farmer's markets and we would visit the farms. And um, and then we gave ourselves kind of a, a moment in time where we were not pressured into kind of finding our next thing super quickly to kind of explore and figure out what we wanted to do next. And it kind of culminated in us deciding that we wanted to start a business together in this space. Um, again, no background, totally naive, probably was a blessing and a curse, but here we are. Um, and we would meet every day, almost every day um, for a coffee or a tea. And we talk about this that we tried or this that we done. And, um, and kind of as we started to try all these different plant plant-based diets one thing that became evidently clear is we were meeting for this coffee every day and it was like our daily ritual um, it was something that we looked forward to it was something delicious but also a moment of connection but when we went to the grocery store and consumed all of these new products and all of these new concepts there was nothing in this space that kind of aligned with this wellness journey that we were on um, you know, especially all those years ago, everything had loads of dairy, um, lots of added sugars. Um, it was all about hypercaffeination and energy as opposed to ritual and enjoyment. Um, the brands didn't res resonate with who we were and our values as people. It was very hard to find organic. Um, and that was kind of the moment at which we decided that actually, wouldn't it be fantastic to bring wellness to this daily ritual that we loved so much? and bring these kind of new set of values that we had to this ritual that we loved so much. Um, and that's really kind of the, the inkling from which it started. And um, we had nothing but more, nothing more than an idea really at the time. Um, and so what those first few months looked like for us is getting educated, um, take, buying a Vitamix, that was our big first R&D purchase. And in our little San Francisco apartment or my apartment, um, which is where we'd work, um, testing recipes and inviting our friends over for a tasting and getting feedback um, and then eventually getting commercial kitchen licensed and finding a way to produce. Um, so it started in this very literally hands-on way. Um, and once we had a little bit of a proof of concept, that's when we decided, yeah, we're going to do this and we're actually going to spend a lot of time on this and, and see where it goes. Um, it's such an incredible story because I think it just shows how it came out of your guys's need and want and desire for a specific product. Um, mm -hmm. as we're searching for, um, I think when when most people think of pop and bottle, like 
it's your brand that is so, so, so strong and really, really stands out on shelf. Like you have the bottles and you have the cans in bright mm -hmm. colors. It's not quite like anything else in the coffee space, I would say. And you definitely mm -hmm. were like first movers in this bottled and canned latte space. Can you talk a little bit about like this female forward slash like how you guys led with brand essentially when launching? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the, I, I spoke about how kind of the missing, um, the missing piece of our skill set was food and beverage, but, but one thing that was really strong, um, and, and this is completely what Blair brought to the table, which was, which was really unique and, and such a credit to us as a company in the early days and still today is, um, it's her design background. Um, and she came from a, uh, fashion design background. And so, uh, it was really amazing to kind of ha to have her bring this very different skill set in design, but apply it to a food and beverage platform. Um, and that's that's really um, the blueprint from which we started with the brand. How can you know what we asked ourselves is what is something that we would really enjoy consuming? What is something that we would love holding in our hand? And um, how do we in this really crowded space that you know is there's just so much, there's so much in the beverage section in terms of messaging, colors, um, sizes, you know, it's, it's overwhelming. And how do we set ourselves apart? And we don't have all the resources. We, you know, we have very limited resources. So how can the product really speak to what it is through the packaging? And, you know, for us, that was just super minimal and super simple. Um, and this idea that by creating something elegant and elevated and simple on the outside it would reflect how pure and organic this was on the inside um and just you know removing so much messaging spoke so loudly compared to a lot of other things um in that section um so that was kind of the it was really design-led I, I would say um from the very beginning um so much because of you know who who Blair is and what her skill set is um and then the other elements of the brand started to come together. So at the end of the day, we were producing a product that was serving ourselves and therefore serving people who kind of shared our same values. And, you know, ultimately that's a really large group of people, um, uh, female led, um, who are our anchor customer. And we really leaned in on that. So, um, we weren't trying to create something for everyone. We were just trying to create something really great for that person that didn't actually have a lot of choices um, in this beverage section. So we had the strong design. We had a great pure product from the inside. Um, and then the other elements of the voice and the brand started to come together really because of who we were and then the audience that we were connecting with. And we've just leaned in on that ever since. You know, who is this customer? How can we better serve her? And, you know, what else is missing? How can we innovate to serve her, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I love how just like super dialed in you guys are on who that consumer is. And it's so interesting. You talk about the her, but like my fiance is literally obsessed with pop and bottle. So like, it's just funny <laughs> how geared towards women, the brand initially like launched as, but men pick up the product just as often as women at least in in my experience of seeing it and interacting with the brand totally and um you know here's the thing we started with a set of values that spoke to ourselves and it started to really it resonated with this like anchor female customer 
Um, but the reality is that those are values that are not just um, female-led. You know, they actually um, appeal to a lot of different people who just want to make better choices for their health. Um, I, I call it the anchor customer because she's usually the person finding it in the store and bringing it into her home, and then other people in her life adopt adopt it. So um, she's not the only consumer, but she's usually the kind of first adopter. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, I have to ask this question because I am the naive customer in terms of pop and bottle. So you have cans and you have the bottles. Yes. And from my understanding, the difference is the cans have the additional benefits. So like collagen, mm -hmm. the coffee berry and the bottles are just the strict lattes. Can you mm -hmm. talk about the like intentionality and why you guys decided to do that? Yeah, totally. I know it's and it's a great question and it's not naive at all. Um, <laughs> um yeah, so um we obviously love both products so much and they serve different customers in different ways. Um and the almond lattes, which are the ones in the bottle, are they have an almond milk base, the cans have an oat milk base, but that's really not that's not their reason for being, but that is a difference. The the one of the intentions behind this was to serve more customers. And so um, the almond lattes are perishable. They have to stay refrigerated. They have a shorter shelf life. And, um, and you know, that limits how much we can distribute them and the types of stores we can put them in and um, all the places that they can be. And one of our missions at, at the beginning when we started this and still today is to provide cleaner, better products, um, but not just to a small few subset of customers, but to as many people as possible that are interested in them. And so by having a product that has the same clean label, but can be shipped to lots of different places, can be put in the store in the shelf stable section, um, that that really increased accessibility of the product and of our brand. So we really wanted to make sure that we created something that um, was just able to be in lots of different places in your life. Um, you know, in, in COVID, when it was really helpful to stock up and have a few cases in your garage, um, you know, because the world was going crazy in those early few months, we had a product that served that need. And so um, that has been really great uh, for us to be able to access more customers and for them to be able to access our product. And so that's one of the other differences between the can and the bottle. Love it. And I also, I think what's interesting is you said earlier, you guys kind of got started seven years ago. Um, and I think about the timing of that and when Oatly and like plant-based milk alternatives were kind of like coming to the U.S. I think Oatly came to the U.S. in 2016. So like mm -hmm. in a way, like, do you feel like Oatly kind of created like this idea that these plant-based milk alternatives could go into coffee and then you guys kind of capitalized like at kind of the same time on that trend? Um, or like how in the early days was it kind of convincing a consumer that like a plant-based dairy alternative in their coffee was like a normal purchase behavior? Yeah, totally. Um, and I would say kind of, it wasn't sequential in that way, but yes, uh, we were, there were lots of efforts with lots of brands happening at the same time. So we were doing our thing in the ready to drink bottled and canned space. Of course, Oatly was doing it in the larger format, um, dairy alternative space. So was Calafia. So, so were some of these other brands. Um, and, um, we all kind of, we started to kind of see those trends emerge at the same time in the grocery store. And that was just really fantastic because um, it really helped uh, elevate everyone and bring education to everyone. Um, 
And that ultimately helps convince the buyer that, um, you know, if, if there's dairy free milk that is really doing well in the dairy free space, um, then that, that means that a, a bottled latte that's dairy free will also likely do well. And, you know, these, these kind of trends all lifted each other. Um, and so, yeah, in, in, in terms of timing, that was kind of, it was really helpful to us to kind of start pitching buyers and bringing this to consumer at a time when one, the consumer was really wanting plant-based alternatives um, and really, but at the same time, really understanding it because there were lots of alternatives starting to crop up in the market. Super interesting. And then in those early days, could you just talk, I mean, you guys over the years, you've had Circle Up as a partner. I think mm-hmm. you've had Carp Riley, Torch, mm-hmm. um, quite a few pretty great investors. Like, could you talk about raising capital in the early days and what do you think kind of convinced these incredible investors to come on board and take a chance super early? Yeah. Um, yeah. Raising capital it has been really interesting. Um, it's actually been a great, a great and steep learning curve for myself. Um, you know, Palm Bottles the first time um, that I've also been raising capital as, as a, a founder um, and as a CEO. So um, it's been really interesting to kind of navigate that over the years um we started out our fundraising history you know is is pretty typical in the sense that we started out raising capital from friends and family um and once we kind of realized that yes we're going to dedicate our time to this and we need to scale this and there is demand for this um we did a small friends and family round um that really got us enough capital to get to the to the next milestone where we could be interesting. We would have enough proof of product and proof of concept to actually go and then look for venture funding. So I that was kind of the timing that was required. We needed to, we recognized that we needed to be in enough of a geography, um, have enough distribution and have enough scale behind our manufacturing where um a an investor could come in and legitimately understand now you're, you know, you're at B and now you can have, this is how you get to C and D. So we started with the friends and family uh, early round. And then after that, when our metrics were strong, we went out for um, further funding. And um, I think what was, there are many things that contributed to, I think, um, these great investors backing us. But ultimately, we were able to prove that we were operating in a white space that had legs. And um, you know, in this you know, coffee has coffee and bottled coffee and dairy free and all these trends. They all supported us, right? We were we were doing something in dairy alternative that was growing rapidly. We were doing something in ready to drink coffee, also a section that was growing rapidly with cold brew and all of these kind of new age coffee um, selections. Um, and that, but we were carving a white space in those areas that resonated and was meaningful. And so, uh, when you nobody was really bringing those two things together um, yeah. and then nobody was doing it in a way that clearly made sense as a white space. And that's what we were offering. Um, so whereas the ready to drink bottled coffee section was a little dated, you know, it was um, energy drinks and hypercaffeination, double shots, triple shots, um, lots of black coffee, um, lots of brown and black packaging. We were doing something completely fresh, bringing wellness to this ritual um, and translating it in a brand that was pretty unique. Um, and I think that was a pretty compelling um, uh, proposition. And then we, we, you know, it was backed up with really solid sell-through numbers, good distribution partners, and um, and 
buyers and grocery store chains, um, you know, that legitimize us as a business. Um, so I think all of those things, it was no single one factor, but just a combination yeah. of many things that we needed to take the box on. This is Caroline from the Subscribing to Wellness team. I work on content and I couldn't be more excited to share with you all my incredible experience with Inside Tracker from a blood biomarker perspective. I'm obsessed with Inside Tracker because without access to your own biomarkers, it's impossible to have that pulse check on how you're actually doing health-wise, how to improve for the sake of your health today and 20 years into the future, and if your current style of living is actually working for you. The first time I did Inside Tracker, they helped me realize I had elevated creatine kinase, a marker of excess muscle inflammation due to overtraining, and low ferritin, a marker of your iron stores. By using their action-oriented educational portal, I was able to get both of these markers back into the green by changing my exercise routine and taking a liquid iron supplement. My energy levels and performance in the gym are so much better now, and I couldn't be more pumped about it. If you want to try Inside Tracker out for yourself, you can use my code by visiting insidetracker.com slash sub2wellness to get 20% off. That's insidetracker.com slash sub2wellness. I can't wait to hear what you think. Really, it's a really insightful answer. Now that I think about it, it's like coffee is a huge category has has continued to have solid growth over the years. At the time, plant based was emerging. Obviously, if you bet on the plant based dairy alternatives, like it, especially if you were in Oatly, like you were rewarded. So that so that ended up, I feel like, playing out pretty healthily, especially considering the household penetration now of of plant based dairy alternatives. And then you're right like on top of that i feel like you guys just have an incredible brand and i can see how the design background on you know on the team is really helpful from the from the get-go um mm -hmm. one question i ask all founders i know you guys launched kind of coffee concentrates um mm -hmm. and i've seen i've seen some brands in kind of the ready drink coffee space like line extend pretty aggressively and quickly all over the place different formats flavors concentrates creamers everything mm -hmm. um and in some cases it, it hasn't really worked I would say, um, what kind of made you feel that it was the right time to, to go beyond the ready to drink latte and, and into like a new kind of line extension? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and we're still early in this journey. So we, you know, we still have a lot to prove out for this new product line. Um, but, you know, we, we were very intentional to not line extend um, for many, many years. So, you know, we, we did oat lattes in a can, but we never, we stayed within our latte vertical very tightly um and we did that because we really wanted to own the latte space really well and um have our brand really be known for that because we were serving this idea that um we are this like moment of indulgence and ritual in your day um that is delightful and um and convenient um and I think that that served us really, really well. We gave ourselves a lot of time to prove that out and and really stay on that narrow focus. Um, but now um, it felt like the right time to ex expand beyond that and take kind of the values that we've established as a brand, um, but apply it to other really relevant parts of the coffee experience that are growing and that people are looking for. Um, I think, you know, COVID opened up or or not opened up, but I guess accelerated this need for um more convenient at home um coffee platforms you know it's something convenient but maybe not sweetened or without dairy that you can really customize yourself with people going less to the coffee shop um and making their own coffee and really being able to put their own spin on this at home um it made sense for us to find the right product that served that customer 
Um, because maybe you want to consume one of our lattes a couple times a week, but maybe other times you're making it at home because you're working from home or you can't get to the grocery store or whatever it is. And yeah. um, I think we saw a path for us to serve that customer, um, whether it is our existing customer who, you know, the reality is you experience coffee multiple times a day, probably several times a week. You're not always doing it in the same way. Um, and um, so it was a it was a chance for us to access that customer and also expand our customer. Um, uh, people have so many, you know, the beautiful thing about coffee and tea is um, it's so unique, right? It, the shades of brown, there's many shades of brown um, and it's very specific to what you like. So being able to give someone something delicious that's organic, um, that is um, really responsibly sourced, that is direct trade, um, but a platform for them to customize it themselves um, is what we wanted to do. And, you know, we've seen a lot of trends favoring um, that gr growth in those areas. So yeah, that was kind of really th the thinking behind it. Yeah. I feel, I feel like in summary, right. Like beverage is a game of penetrating occasions and routines and you, and you realize there mm -hmm. was an occasion there, whether that was with your already existing consumer or an incremental consumer to really penetrate. So, so that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, um, I read, I was reading that your motto is to keep calm and carry on. And there is no, <laughs> there is very little in life that can't be fixed. And I love that, but I'm curious, like how you feel like this has been tested when starting pop and bottle. Um, oh my gosh, it is, it has <laughs> been tested and continues to be tested um, every single day. Um, it is hands down one of the most challenging things I've done in my life. And, um, you know, this and motherhood are like the two most challenging things. Um, motherhood might, might win, but, um, but both, at the, uh, both at the same time, both <laughs> at the same time, like why, why just do one, just blow it up at the same time. Um, yeah. I mean, it's been, it's exhilarating and humbling and challenging and all the things it's the roller coaster that everyone describes. Um, I think more than school or college or any other job that I've had in my life, it's the thing that has ta taught me the most about myself, um, the most about how to build a team and relate to others um, and, um, and how to just, you know, keep going. I mean, you know, the keep calm, carry on thing is, um, is, is true. Um, in a single day, it's a mix of emotions, you know, you get a win, you get a loss. Um, and, doing reps and reps and reps of that every single day for several years builds up so much tenacity and so much perseverance um and I think that that has really shaped who I am today and um and it continues to do that um I think it's taught me that I can do hard things more than anything else has taught me that um and um it has taught me how to um relate to people in a way that applies to like all, as all aspects of my life um and um yeah I I think you have to have um a strong um you know you have you have to be ready for that in your life because it it will consume everything that you let it consume um but it is also incredibly rewarding and and has shaped me in a way that um you know I'm proud of that journey yeah I think it's so interesting that you're it, I love that your motto is that, but it's so interesting as like a coffee company, you think it's like, you know, revved up engine and your <laughs> your motto is that of like, you know, to calm down. And I think that 
paradox is is almost kind of funny in a way. Um, <laughs> I agree. I feel I feel like I feel like it makes it like particularly unique from like in a way of positioning perspective. Because I feel like you've kind of positioned the brand very different. Like you were saying at the beginning, it's all about energy, right? It's all about like caffeine and getting as caffeinated as possible this category in the early days. And I feel like you guys brought a really unique um position to the category, no doubt. Yeah, I think it's I think it's self-care. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I self-care is different for different people, but, um, you know, for us, self-care is, you know, your morning coffee or your afternoon tea, you know, it's a small moment of delight. Um, and, um, it's much about like the experience as it is about like the output of caffeine. Um, and, and yeah, that is definitely kind of enveloped into our brand philosophy. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the truth is like, you're the antithesis of, the macho like caffeine and bringing it down more to like the humanizing or making it more approachable for females in a way that like you know is digestible no pun intended um (laughs) we like to ask all of our guests how they subscribe to wellness so what are Mm -hmm. some things that you do on a weekly daily monthly basis to be able to show up as a mother as a wife Mm -hmm. as a founder of a company, um, and keep the wheels turning? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and this is still a work in progress for me. It looks different on different days. Um, uh, as life has become more intense, you know, with the company and then, you know, I have three kids now. Um, so, uh, it's hard to prioritize self-care, but, but when I do, um, it's always so rewarding. And, um, part of it is really like what is working for me now that I'm actually able to do. So um, I don't set crazy goals for myself that I just know are not achievable in terms of wellness. Um, I go on walks a ton. Um, I spend time with people that I really want to nurture our friendships. Um, And that is sometimes with a coffee in hand, walking around our local park. Um, And I kind of take time with our team to uh, do things that kind of, bring wellness into our company culture. Um, so um, I think about ways to kind of, it's too difficult um, these days to separate out life. You know, motherhood is overlapped with running a company, running a company is overlapped with being a mom um, and all all the things kind of mixed together. And that's kind of how I feel about wellness. Um, uh, you know, I'll do things uh, with our team um, that kind of help foster our community, but also um, give me some self-care. Yeah. Where can our listeners um, find and learn more about Pop and Bottle? Um, hopefully in your local grocery store. We are available in all states at this point. Um, Whole Foods, Walmart, Sprouts, um, some regions of Aldi, lots of local fantastic independent stores. Um, and then of course our website at popmodel.com. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for your time. Uh, we obviously love getting to know you and hearing more about pop and bottle. Thank you so much, Rachel and Daniels. Such a pleasure to meet you and talk to you. Thank you, Josh. Today's episode is brought to you in partnership with athletic greens. I started taking AG one because I wanted to see what the hype was all about. Now, I literally can't miss a day. It's the first thing I put in my body every single morning. As someone who suffers from IBS, AG1 has completely improved my gut health, 
and allows me to have sustained energy throughout the day. And since I'm always on the go, the travel packs make it so easy to stay consistent wherever I am. Love it. I've personally been taking AG1 for a while. And as someone who lacked a multivitamin routine, AG1 has been the perfect product to mix into my morning routine. Truthfully, I was a skeptic at first as I'm with most supplements and vitamins, but I've felt noticeably better at the start of morning workouts and definitely have seen an improvement in my digestive health. I tend to mix my AG1 with two tablespoons of lemon juice and coconut water, and it's delicious. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash STW. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash STW to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of week filled with wellness, and we'll see you next time.